Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson 12, A Continuation of Warfare Praying. We're going to continue on in our study tonight in warfare praying. And this is the, uh, the final lesson in that. We move to something else next week uh, as we get together. Uh, so this is uh, the continuation of what we have talked about in the last two Wednesday nights, uh, warfare praying. As we uh, have looked at this topic two, for the last two weeks, uh, let me begin tonight with a quote that I remember from uh, years ago, uh, and I've not forgotten it. Uh, and the, the quote is this, that prayer is not part of the battle against Satan. Prayer is the battle against Satan. Uh, we come at him with prayer and with the power of God. We are engaged in warfare against the prince of darkness, against principalities of evil, uh, and if you would like to write this reference down, uh, just, just go to these verses uh, as you personally study uh, and think in, in your terms devotionally about warfare praying. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. Uh, the words are these from Paul to the church at Ephesus. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So we are to face Satan. However, I do remind you once again that we do not face Satan on our own wisdom, or on our own strength, uh, because he is powerful, and he is the deceiver, and he is cunning, and so we can only stand against him with the armor of God, with the, with the strength of Jesus Christ uh, at our side. Tonight, we're going to concentrate on praying against spiritual strongholds. So if, you wanna, if you're taking notes, that's kind of the key that we're talking about tonight. Spiritual strongholds. A stronghold by definition, is an area of life that you or I have surrendered to Satan. Um, it could be a habit. It could be a bad thought. Uh, it could be this video that plays in your mind over and over again. And you know that video shouldn't be there. And yet it continues to replay uh, over and over again. Uh, we know that God doesn't approve of those thoughts or those habits or those actions or that which plays in our head. He doesn't approve of those things, but it continues to follow us. And we continue to surrender to those things in our minds, in our actions. Years ago, I heard uh, an illustration. This is another one of those things that I heard that I've never forgotten from David Jeremiah. I listened to him in a car one day driving down the road. Uh, he gave this illustration. He said, imagine your life to be a hundred-acre field, that all of your life is composed of the different activities and the different segments of your life as would be a hundred-acre field. 
And he said, imagine if you have given 99 acres to Jesus, but there's still one acre that Satan has access to. He said, the, the basic problem with that scenario is this. If one acre out of the hundred belongs to Satan, 99 belongs to the Lord. The problem is that Satan walks all over the other 99 to get to his one. He has an impact on other areas of life. Even as they belong to the Lord Jesus, uh, there's still opportunity for him to throw in the roadblocks and to throw in the temptations and to throw in the fiery darts in our life. Uh, so we, we can't give the one acre to Satan and believe that we can live a godly life. Uh, the problem always happens that Satan's acre is going to be right in the middle and he steps over all 99 in order to get to his acre. It's, it's very accurate. One moment, one instance of surrendering to Satan affects all the godly things of our life. Uh, and believe me, I am not saying this to you, pointing a finger saying you need to get straightened out. I'm a fellow struggler here. So please understand, I'm teaching this as a fellow struggler. If, if you feel this in your own heart, your own mind, and uh, this acre of, of out of the hundred that Satan is getting to, believe me, I think we all struggle. Can we, can we agree on that? That all of us struggle here. Satan is cunning, and Satan is a deceiver, and he wants in every threshold and every doorway of your life and my life. He wants us. He can't take away our salvation. Now, let's agree on that. Satan cannot, when you are saved, Satan cannot take your salvation away, but he can take your testimony. Be careful. He can take your testimony uh, in walking over those 99 acres to that one that belongs to him. So, all of us, I believe, are in his crosshairs. All of us are in his sights, and I, I, I believe that all of us have these struggles that, uh, that we have to com continuously ask the Lord to give us the strength and the clarity uh, and the eyes to see and the ears to hear that we can be wary and that we can pinpoint where Satan is trying to enter into our life and into our ministry and into our heart because it is a constant struggle. He doesn't let up. Uh, he wants into our life. Uh, and the moment we give in to him, he gains a little more ground in that hundred acres. Every time we give in, he gets a little more of a toehold in the hundred acre field. That toehold is a stronghold. Uh, a stronghold that Satan has this place in our life. And he can be slow, and he can be methodical, and he can be patient working his way into those areas of our life. So we have to be very careful. You know, someone asked me, and I'm, this is kind of a side item just slipped into my mind, but someone asked me, what about the, the demon possessions that we see, especially in the Gospel of Mark? Are they still real? What do you think? Demon possession is still real. If it was real in Jesus' day, it is still real. But, but why, why does that happen? And, and the, the best explanation that I can give to that is that somehow, some way, that person opened up a doorway for Satan to enter into that life. We have to be very careful of the doorways and the thresholds of our life that, that we entrust them to the protection of the Lord Jesus. Again, you're not going to keep Satan out by yourself or by myself. It, it is by the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ that he is banned from our life and banned from this church. 
It's not us. It's the power of Jesus Christ living in us and living in the church ministry that is going to ban Satan from here. We want to keep him from encampment in our church and in our heart and in our mind. Uh, the Bible is very clear about the strongholds. Here's another scripture passage you might want to jot down or turn with me to. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. Words of Paul to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. Here's what Paul writes to the church. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, let me read that in another version. Uh, that was King James. Here is the contemporary English version. We live in this world, but we don't act like its people or fight our battles with the weapons of the world. Instead, we use God's power that can destroy every fortress talking about fortresses of Satan. So the Bible says we cannot defeat spiritual strongholds with physical weapons or physical strength or physical human wisdom. If we try to fight the devil on our own power, our own wisdom, we're going to lose. He's that powerful. If you remember, when he was cast out of heaven, he was one of the leading angels of power. Uh, the angel Lucifer, taking one-third of the angelic force of God with him as a demonic force. Uh, obviously, there's free will in the angelic force of heaven. They turned their back on God and left him, led by Lucifer. Uh, and this is not a fairy tale we're talking about, friends. This is reality. Uh, and it's biblical reality that we learn the power of God against the power of Satan. But, say, but God has given us the weapons that we need to fight this spiritual warfare. We are on the winning general's side. Never forget that we're on the winning side through Jesus Christ uh, because the, the weapons that God gives us to fight this battle are spiritually uh, powered, divinely powered. And God's weapons can destroy the fortresses and the strongholds of Satan. That is a promise of God's Word, that God Almighty can pull down the fortresses of Satan, the strongholds of Satan, the weapons of Satan against us. Uh, according to the book which leads this study, which is entitled Prayer by Ronnie Floyd, uh, we have five principal weapons of God that we have in the war against Satan. Here's where you jot down a note or two. Five principal weapons of God that we have in this spiritual warfare. Weapon number one, it is the name of Jesus Christ, the most powerful name in the universe. We can take a firm stand against Satan through the name of Jesus. Why is it that you and I can so plainly see the downward spiral of the world? It seems like, it seems like the, the church and people of God can see the reality of what's happening in our culture and in our world and that things are drawing farther and farther away from things of God. And yet the world doesn't seem to see it. That, that doesn't it seem to, that way to you? That it's like there, there, are, there are scales on the eyes that the world doesn't see the downward spiral 
Uh, it's so easy for us to see. Again, I, I remind you, uh, we crossed this bridge last week. Uh, it, it's really not right for us to criticize personalities in the government. Uh, we, we, are to, we are to lift up our government offices and even the officers of the government, praying the power of Jesus Christ on them. Uh, and until the, the Lord Jesus Christ lives in the hearts of our nations and our state's leaders, those scales are going to be on their eyes. And they're not going to see the truth of the downward spiral of our world. Uh, we, we have to come against Satan lifting up our leaders to see the reality of what's happening in this world. So people of God, people who believe in Jesus Christ, people who have the Spirit of God living in us, uh, we can see the downward spiral, uh, and we can see it continuing to go that way. But our world still moves in dangerous directions, but there doesn't seem to be any effort on the world's part to change because the world doesn't see it. Satan has blinded those eyes, eyes that haven't been enlightened by Jesus Christ, and blinded eyes can't see the truth. Can't see the spiral. Can't see the problem. Uh, why is it that you and I shudder and feel literally sick to the stomach when we realize and come to the truth that 3,000 babies a day die in the United States? What a pitiful, horrifying fact uh, how sad that is but but here's here's truth balanced against what we hear now it is it is absolutely sad that the pandemic has brought over a half million deaths in our United States and that's a sad truth it is the truth uh, a, a very saddening truth however that truth is eclipsed every five and a half months by the abortions in America and while right now we, with the vaccine and, and being careful, we're seeing a little bit of glimmer at the light at, at the end of the tunnel that, that things are going to pass and we're, we're going to make it through this, that's not true for abortion. It is ongoing. Every five and a half months, we're going to lose as many babies as was lost in the year of COVID. And it's not going to stop because there are blinders on the eyes. Uh, why is it that we see so many things that are against the will of God, but the world can't see them just because Satan is still the, the, power of the, the prince of the power of the air, still in dominion and in control of those who do not know Jesus? And that's why there's not a, an alarm sounding. Uh, who, who's going to sound an alarm? We are. We are. You know, who, who's going to stand up? Uh, and, and stand for rightness and righteousness and God's word. Us. Us. Uh, and we, 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 have to, we have to take those stands. Um, so the Holy Spirit lives in us. He is divinely sounding the warning in us. And we are to pass that warning on to the world. Uh, you know, that's, I think it's very important that we... In, from the pulpit, from our Sunday school classes, that we approach these cultural issues, that, are, that we approach the reality of what's happening in the world so that, again, the, the Christian force can be suited up to take a stand. And we want to take a stand as a church right here in our sanctuary, but the stand that we also have to take is out there. 
uh, there, and that's a stand of courage and a stand that only the Lord Jesus can help us in. Uh, in so many ways, Satan is still in control, the power of the darkness, because so many don't know Jesus as the Savior. He's blinded those eyes, following his lead to further trouble and destruction. So as believers, we need to battle against the strongholds of Satan, and the only way we can approach it is through the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the weapon number one. Here's weapon number two. No, before I move to weapon number two, write down this reference, James 4, 7. The book of James in your New Testament, 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So you actually approach Satan and satanic force through the name of Jesus Christ, and he will flee from us. Uh, okay, second weapon that we have against Satan's strongholds is the blood of Jesus. First weapon is the name of Jesus. The second weapon is the blood of Jesus. As we engage in this battle of prayer against Satan, we need to remind the devil that he cannot attack us. Now, he, he, can, he can throw fiery darts, but he can't bring a full-on attack against us. And the reason that is true is because the blood of Jesus Christ covers us. And it is, it is our divine protection against Satan's attacks. Yes, he can come against us, uh, but, but he can't take us down because we are covered in the divine blood of a Savior who went to the cross for us. Remind Satan he can't touch us because Jesus protects us through his blood. Uh, it's very important for you to, to understand that you have that divine protection, that you can courageously stand for uh, the, the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ because you are protected by the blood of Jesus shed on the old rugged cross. Third weapon against Satan is the Word of God, the Bible. Uh, it is the most powerful weapon as we realize that our battle comes down to God's Word versus Satan's Word. Our sword, that's right. It's our sword of battle. God's truth against Satan's lies and deception. God's word will always win. God's word has more power. God's word is immersed in absolute truth. Uh, and truth will always destroy lies. You know, Jesus called Satan the father of lies. But the truth of God and the light of God shines on the light, lies of Satan and reveals them and destroys them. So keep your Bible not just in your hand, but in your head, in your heart. Fill your life with the Word of God because it is absolutely a weapon against Satan. Let me, let's just think about this. How in the three temptations of Jesus... How did Jesus answer Satan in each one of those temptations? With Scripture. Because Scripture, the Word of God, is more powerful than the wiles of Satan. Uh, that's important. Uh, when, when, when you or I undergo that temptation moment, Scripture should fill our heart, our head, that we think about the, the leading and the Word of God to give us what we need to battle that temptation that has come our way. Okay, the fourth weapon against Satan is your personal testimony 
as a believer. Satan hates the fact that you and I have been saved. He hates the fact that God has changed your desire from evil and sinful to righteousness. Because Satan's wiles and Satan's toolbox of deception plays on our sinful nature. Just as when he approached Eve in the garden, it played on her sinful nature saying, you know, God, God is telling you all this stuff because he doesn't want you to be as powerful as he is. There are some ways that you can be and you can actually be God yourself. Playing on a nature that is sinful and human. Uh, and he dragged her and Adam down into sin. Uh, we have to come against him with our personal testimony that we know and depend on and love Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So we can reject Satan's attempts to seduce us, to rule over us, uh, because we want what Jesus wants. We want a will that's surrendered to Jesus' will. A will that is surrendered to uh, the Word of God. And as a personal testimony, you and I need to be bold enough that we're willing to share that in the world. And sometimes that takes a real stand of courage. You know, over the years, I've been so blessed and built up by those people who talk about a moment where it was either I'm going to hide my Christian faith or I'm going to stand up and proclaim my Christian faith. And I'm so thankful for those people whose courage will rise up and they will make that statement not knowing perhaps, I remember one or two accounts, if, if they would have a job tomorrow. But they spoke for the Savior. Uh, and, and I can tell you in both those situations uh, that I can recall right now, uh, the Lord preserved that job. Uh, he honored the courage. Uh, and that person uh, was blessed by God in that way. So be bold enough to share your testimony with others. Never be ashamed of the name of Jesus in your testimony. What did Jesus say? If you're ashamed of me now, when the day comes, I will be ashamed of you. Uh, you know, if there's one sentence that you and I, uh, that, that you and I, desire to hear in eternity it's well done my good and faithful servant I don't, I, I, don't want her, I don't want to hear Jesus say I'm ashamed of some of the ways that you hid me we want to hear well done good and faithful servant be, be faithful with your testimony when the door opens as, as I said Sunday uh, the Lord fills our week with appointments uh, be faithful to share his word and his testimony uh, when that opportunity comes. Fifth weapon we have uh, is a love for God that is greater than our desire to live. Uh, in the Bible, there are many instances. You think about John the Baptist. You think about Stephen. Uh, you think about the, that list of believers in Hebrews 11. You can go to the Old Testament uh, and, and you can see these lives that were willing to stand up and put their life on the line. Daniel, one of them in the Old Testament. And they're going to stand for God. And if death comes, let it come. You know, I, one of the most moving passages to me uh, is in Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when old Nebuchadnezzar is threatening to throw them in the fiery furnace because they would not bow down to him. 
And if you remember one of the, one of the greatest statements uh, in all the Bible, that statement of, of courage is when those young men said to him, just remember this, God can spare us from this furnace if he wants to, but if God sees fit to allow us to go into the furnace, you remember this. When you dig our ashes out of there, you remember we didn't bow down to you. That's courage. That's the stand. I'll die before I will deny my Savior. And that's, that's what we see in the Bible, and that's where he asks us to be. Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. Here's a, here's a, 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 ver, a, a couple of verses for you to keep note of. Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, the power of our Christ, for the accuser of the brethren, Satan himself, the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They would rather die than compromise their testimony. 2,000 years hadn't changed the word uh, and the charge that we, the people uh, of God, are to stand on that testimony. Tell Satan, I'd rather die a physical death than bow to you. I pray that's true for us. Uh, It was certainly the fire in the souls of the saints of the past, the martyrs of the past, true servants of God. Uh, finally, listen to Matthew 10, verses 37 through 39 as we close this study tonight. Matthew 10, beginning with verse 37. Jesus said this, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Uh, We're to love him above and beyond everything in life. Mother, father, son, daughter. Uh, and, And, you know, we qualify that by saying we are to love our family and love uh, those precious people in our life. But if we love Jesus first and foremost, that's what gives us the guidance to love the others with the love that is pleasing to God. But he deserves the first place, even to the point of death. So tell Satan our greatest love is Jesus Christ, and we would lay down our life before we would compromise him. Weapons against the strongholds of Satan. That's what we pray for. Uh, Maybe tonight there's something you need to be released of. Uh, I think all of us, uh, in, in truth, need to say, Lord, there are some things that I need to get under control or something I've been dealing with that I just need to surrender to you that you can control it, take it away from me, deliver me from this, whatever it might be. Uh, I think all of us have those situations in life, at least from time to time, if not an ongoing way, that we just need to surrender to the Lord and ask His strength to eliminate them and forgive them and allow us to be where He wants us to be in life. So we go pray tonight. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.